0: The Incomparable, number 493, December 2019.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to The Incomparable, where today we follow a pathway that leads to power some consider unnatural. Yes, it's the Rebel panel once again discussing what we assume is the last Star Wars movie in the classic Ennealogy. That's a series of nine fact fans, which is, of course, The Rise of Skywalker, directed by J.J. Abrams from a script by Abrams and Chris Terrio. I am your oh-so-rebellious host, Anthony Johnston, and joining me in the blockade runner this time are, first, our very own C-3PO, who's been with me on all of these rebel panels. It's James Thompson.
2: And you're not going to believe how well this is going to turn out.
1: <laughs> Never tell me the odds. <laughs> uh, next is our Wedge Antilles, whose spirit is always with us, but only actually appears on screen a few times. It's Liz Miles.
3: Pew, 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 but also, what? Wedge Wedge Antilles? <laughs> Cru- cruel just cuz he's Scottish. What do you mean cruel? Wedge is beloved. I know Wedge is beloved and I judge everyone who loves him but I know Dennis Lawson was from Holby City and he was mean on it. <laughs>
1: Ah, well, you can you can uh, punish me later. And today's honorary Brit is our very own Admiral Akbar, because he rarely appears, but when he does, it makes us all very happy. It's Chip Suddeth.
4: I'm sorry, I can't participate in this. It's against my programming to speak about the Sith.
2: <laughs> and also, it's a trap. So, so which character are you claiming as your own? Since you've given yeah. us these ones. Oh, I guess I'm the Emperor. Mm. I see.
1: Evil and destined to die very soon. <laughs>
2: The
4: Emperor that cosplayed GLaDOS.
1: Let's say right up front, spoilers, everyone. It is basically impossible to talk about this movie, like most Star Wars movies, in any meaningful way without spoilers. So if you are listening and you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening. Stop listening right now, OK? Seriously.
3: Really not kidding. is Obi-Wan Kenobi's daughter.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go around first and get some overall thoughts on The Rise of Skywalker. James, kick us off.
2: So uh, The Force Awakens taught us that Star Wars films could be good again. And then Solo taught us that they could be mm, merely average again. So I didn't go into this expecting too much and I really enjoyed it. You know, it it has a lot of problems, which we will get to, but uh, but I was entertained. I wasn't bored. You know, it's it, it sort of, it compared to watching something like Avengers Endgame or something. It's a big, big budget film. It, it doesn't have to be like some kind of mystical text, revered, whatever. It's just a fun film. True enough. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, Liz, what about you?
3: Oh, I'm very upset. I'm kind of, I sound a lot, I'm good could sound a lot like James here. Um, I, I went in with sort of mediocre expectations because I'd heard some reviews on the internet that didn't appear to be coming from odd sources being like a bit down on it and uh but i was you know like so and i was also secretly hoping that it was going to be an amazing film that would just blow my mind and i'd be like and have can open feelings everywhere and it it turned out not to be either of those things um i i just i really enjoyed it uh i certainly felt that i had not wasted the ridiculous amount of money i would spent on the giant popcorn um (laughs) and bits of it made me cry and bits made me laugh and i got one of my favorite things that i don't feel that star wars movies do enough which is i got my team together doing things now admittedly what they were doing was a very big very long fetch quest but <laughs> they did it with cool lines and stuff happening so it was that was uh that was generally okay also i went in having just seen last jedi for the first time less than 24 hours previously so that was quite an interesting experience or i've been vaguely aware of Last Jedi being controversial or something, and then going into this and feeling like they hadn't paid much attention to Last Jedi. <laughs> but never mind that, I enjoyed it, is what I'm saying. That's,
1: that's something else that we will no doubt discuss later. Yeah, I saw you live tweeting, well, not live tweeting, but sort of tweeting that you were about to watch it and then, you know, sort of every so often while you were watching it. Uh, I, I I was amazed that you hadn't seen it up until now. That's uh... I did
3: so well for Well, d- the reason completely honestly was um uh I I, would, I had a lot of problems with Carrie Fisher's death. I was very upset about it and didn't feel I could watch it
1: Ah, uh, well, that's entirely understandable also i'm glad I'm glad that you of all people noticed that this is basically an a b c d fetch quest yes uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite plain um
4: chip what about you i came in with possibly the lowest expectations uh because i really really loved the last jedi and everything that i was hearing in the media made it sound like it it was going to be aggressively undermined by jj abrams so i probably came in with my arms folded and crossed in the most sour way possible and uh it turns out that John Williams makes a lot of things better <laughs> and I came out of it I think I, I think in, in a very similar place to James and Liz that um, there were things about it that I did not like but ultimately it was Star Wars and it may not have been the conclusion to the nine movie series that I would have wanted hmm. but it tried some interesting things and I don't think that it undermined uh, Last Jedi so much as just sort of played it safe in the end. So uh, on balance, I liked it and I felt like I had seen a Star War.
1: I'd say, yeah, I'm probably closest to you then in that I also was a big fan of The Last Jedi. I feared that this movie was going to stump all over it. I think it actually did undermine it in a a couple of, not aggressively, but subtle ways, which I wasn't too happy about, but I did enjoy it. Um, I, my feelings on it are really mixed. It was really well made. Obviously mm-hmm. it looked amazing. You know, the performances were good. Yes, John Williams makes everything better. Fantastic music. Um, and there were some great scenes. It did bring the saga to an end, which I think is important to acknowledge because so many series of things these days have trouble ending things in a way that actually feels like everything's been wrapped up um in a sort of you know sensible logical fashion and with no big huge dangling loose ends uh and this did that It uh it really did wrap everything up and you know feel like a cycle coming to an end my only issue was that it started to feel more like the palpatine
2: saga than the skywalker saga mm. <laughs> in places. Mm. i mean do do we honestly think that we're never going to see these characters again no. i
4: i i, it, I yeah i mean and that's yeah. the that's the thing that uh one of the things that I'm having trouble wrapping my brain about is what is this intended to wrap up the Star Wars franchise will live on and I think that there will be clearly additional stories with at the very least some of the characters that were just introduced in this movie alone yeah um I uh, so yes this nine movie cycle is over but we've already had two additional movies Rogue One and Solo we're going to have other movies and streaming series and things like that, so I'm not sure how meaningful it is that this is the end of
3: the Skywalker saga. Yeah, if I was going to make a, a complaint, which I have, I have lots of complaints, but they all feel r- relatively minor and aren't stopping me from enjoying it. But it doesn't feel like um, one of the things I, I was sort of expecting was a good ending. Ending, you know, to get some proper real closure things but at the end of this literally these the entire cast surviving at the end of the movie you could just go off and do another movie it it doesn't end their story in any complete way it's just like okay this latest iteration of the empire has been stopped um that that and and that's that's it and it's got her declaring herself a, a a skywalker at the end she can go and have another set of skywalker adventures
2: i mean <laughs> the, the fact that the whole film is bait the title of the whole film is based on identity theft you know she turns up at the end of the movie and goes yeah i'm totally a skywalker this is my farm now um yeah, mean- I've, I've, I've
3: seen the will I'd, li- I'd like to know where these banthas are located and if you've had them yeah. killed i want compensation
2: and and she's like, just lies. I mean, yes, okay, so the two Force Ghosts kind of give her the nod. Will but,
3: that hold up in a court of law? Yeah, somebody is going <laughs> to DNA test
2: a lightsaber. Are there any courts of law anymore? I mean, it's either that or the Skywalker Rising was Kylo Ren or Ben ca- out of a pit. crawling out a pit. <laughs> the movie could have ended with Ray
4: burrowing Luke and Leia's lightsabers, and sort of that's the end of it. But then she picks up the lightsaber that she has constructed, and that's just telling me the story is over. And yet there are going to be more stories.
1: Yeah, Well, and- the saga is over, but there'll be more stories. Yes,
3: I've just realised what I said before was complete and utter nonsense. If this is like the St- Skywalker nonology or whatever the word was, um, it's like yes, Oh right, they're they night. What's that? What's the word? Any
1: it's Any A series allergy. of nine.
3: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. But yeah, no, of course, this is the end of Skywalker saga. They're all dead now. Okay, she's nicked their name, but they're all genetically
1: dead. <laughs> all the real, all the, the real Skywalkers are dead. All the ones who have
3: Skywalker genes <laughs> are dead. And as an end to the, yeah, as an end to the Skywalker story, Luke and Leia's lightsabers being buried at their old family home. Okay, that's, that's quite a great ending for that. It just felt like the characters that we've been introduced though in this final trilogy, their stories were not anywhere near an end and their character arcs apart from Ray's, Ray's was fine the other two didn't really you know they, they, they there's so much unfulfilled potential there but if there were just if it was just all being done in the service of the Skywalker arc, yeah, all well, right, fair enough.
2: I think it's the end of the saga from a certain point of view, and then <laughs> mm, well
1: played. <laughs> well, and Liz, you mean you mentioned the fact that all of the heroes survive, and that was actually one of the issues I had with it because there were several instances here where we could have had heroic deaths, meaningful deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, That would have added a bit of weight, I think. And, you know, obviously we we didn't get them. But to just to sort of uh, get back to sort of overall things, that was one of the issues I had with, like like I said, this was a really well-made movie. And I think it was basically as well-made as it could have been from the script they came up with. My issue is more with some parts of this script, which, as Chip pointed out, feels really safe Like, almost no risks taken whatsoever. Very, very safe. And, yes, parts of it like a reaction almost to some of the very fanboyish criticisms of Last Jedi. Yeah.
3: It feels extremely fan pandering. It's like throw as much stuff that probably will please fans at the wall.
1: Even more so than Force Awakens in some ways, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean Chewie's. Why? Why is Maz giving Chewie the medal? Oh, that really—that was that, like. That's, oh,
2: sweet. that's the absolute worst part of the movie, for me. <laughs> I was so mad about that. I see that as being bad, yes, but I still kind of liked it. The thing that bothered me was the pandering in the other way, like where Kelly Marie Tran Rose. Like literally says, oh, no, it's okay. I won't go on adventure. I'll just stay here. I'll stay here. Yeah. And it's like, you could sense that when she was reading that line, she was sort of gritting her teeth. It's like, I don't think she should have stayed there. And then like they no. introduce um, Zori and uh, Janna as the two kind of yeah. uh, socially acceptable love interest for Poe and Finn and yeah. that bothered me more than probably anything else.
3: That's really annoying because I really loved uh, Zori and Jana. I thought they yes, were great I characters. Yes, I did too. Yeah. And quite possibly my favourite non-pandering scene in the movie, because sadly the pandering scenes, some of them were my faves, um, was uh, Finn and Janna talking about how they... Uh, be- uh, rebelled against being stormtroopers, and yes. how her whole unit was just putting it down. And there was just something about that scene that it was like that got to me, that hit me. Maybe I don't know. It was the way they were playing it. I think it. it I mean, it wasn't like it was a badly written scene. But there was there was something in it though. It's just like oh gosh, I'm I'm crying. I'm not entirely sure why, but this is really making me feel things. Nice. That was a great scene.
2: I mean, the thing that you're talking about there being sort of no stakes and stuff that what bothered me was like when they uh when Chewie was killed in inverted commas with the force lightning I thought that's a really brave choice and then I remembered Mm. the really brave choice of killing Kirk in Star Trek Into Darkness uh spoilers for Star Trek Into Darkness he's (laughs) not actually (laughs) dead and Mm. and it's just such uh I mean yes okay the 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 force life transfer thing, we can get to that, but but the
3: please do. I have opinions about that oh, based yes. on Star Wars computer games,
2: <laughs> exactly. Yes, me too. <laughs> um, but the, the I wish that they had actually killed Chewie, and I know that's sacrilege, <gasps> but no, no, I'm the same. I'm
1: the same. That I'm was
3: not you monsters. It was a
1: good moment, and honestly, what else did Chewie
2: do after they rescued him? That's the thing, other than receive a medal. He
3: was very sad about Leah
0: dying. And
2: much has been said about how this is all a big tribute to Carrie Fisher. Peter Mayhew also died. Mm. Uh, and yeah. I kind of feel that.
1: although to be fair I think they'd finished filming when Peter May- Mayhew
2: but, died but
1: regardless it's just, there was no reason again like you say it sounds cruel you know given that we're all fans and we all love the character but there was no story reason for Chewie to have to still be alive other than the desire to go and rescue him from the ship but that could have right. easily been you know other things like yes the knife's on there or the pyramids on there or whatever and they
2: lasted about like 20 seconds before revealing he was alive
3: I think it- then, There's no reason for him to be alive. Means we should kill off a beloved character. That seems harsh.
1: No, but they had killed him, like you know, or pretended to. I'm saying there was no reason, you know, if they, if he'd really been dead, that moment would have had continued weight you know it had emotional weight during the scene but then it Mm -hmm. would have continued to have that throughout the whole story especially because it was her fault
2: i would like to have seen her tortured
3: i don't want to see a character i love tortured or a character i love die i don't appreciate dramatic tension in my films or emotional death (laughs) 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 these things are difficult i want explosions i want fights i want people looking really freaking cool That's what I want.
2: I just felt tricked by J.J. Abrams and not in a good way.
3: Imagine that. I assumed he wasn't dead. Well, no, at the back of
1: my mind, I was the same. I was like, surely they haven't, you know, because I didn't think they would be that
2: bold and they weren't. I saw it a second time. And in the second time, you can see there are two ships when they load him onto the onto one of them, so you know it makes sense, and it's not like they pulled the second ship from nowhere. No, but it's
1: literally in one shot that lasts about you know half a second.
2: Yeah, but it, you know it is there, so they'll give them that. But it was still you know kill Chewie. That's what I'm saying. Re-edit the film, kill Chewie. This is so
3: hard. Release
2: the dead Chewie cut, you cowards.
1: (laughs) Here's an interesting thing, though, going back, you know, joking aside to what Liz was saying about, you know, just wanting entertainment and not sort of real weight or anything.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. But seriously, on (laughs) a serious note, I asked, I have friends with teenage children, kids who have grown up with this trilogy as, quote unquote, their Star Wars. Hmm. And I asked them what they all thought of this movie and they all loved it. They thought that it was a great, fitting and resonant end to this trilogy, that everything, you know, they were like, oh, it was perfect. That was exactly, you know, what we wanted. So I think that is where, worth bearing in mind because obviously, you know, we're
4: all jaded. D-
1: I, I, yeah, either middle-aged or fast approaching it. How and- you!
2: <laughs> I think you'll find
4: that 3 that's true for three of us. Yes. Liz is the
1: youth amongst us. Well, that's why I said fast approaching. (laughs) (laughs) At light speed. Some of the complaints that we will have about this, I think it's worth remembering that surely they're the same kind of complaints that our parents did about say return of the jedi when we were kids
4: Uh, yeah and that's exactly where i was going to go because this arc of three movies really closely follows in the end um, yeah a A new hope empire and return of the jedi return of the jedi i will continue to say and my wife will kill me for because she loves ewoks um return of the jedi is the lesser of the original trilogy um that's i think that that is somewhat conventional wisdom um, because it it must wrap up things so nicely. Luke and Leia must not be uh, rivals because they must be siblings. You know, there must be a big bag. Darth Vader must turn to the light side, uh, and in just the same way that Kylo Ren does. Yeah. Um you know, I mean it's-
2: he he wants to imitate Vader so badly in everything. He does it all the way. <laughs> <up> <laughs> he actually turns to, to the dying. light side. <laughs> I think the, yeah. the
3: difference in Return of the Jedi though is. It- hadn't just been done before in a previous bunch of films set in the same universe with similar characters so i I think it's more understandable that they tied things up in a similar way there than it is this way around um but yeah that was that was i mean that was a guess part of the inverted commas problem this this is terrible i'm going to just start talking about things i like after this comment. well (laughs)
1: hang on hang on We'll, we'll we'll get to that chip you've got a teenage son has he seen it
4: kind of sort of He's He uh, he had a sleepless night. He was probably all night um, first-person shooter gaming all the previous night. And he literally slept through half of the theater, uh, half, wow. half of the movie showing. So I, I can't exactly blame this on the movie um, because <laughs> of choices the child made. But he did see enough of it that he responded That, um, he said that he thought that he liked this one better than The Last Jedi, so I disowned him. Um, (laughs) my son is not a gamer gator or anything else like that, but he falls into some of those, uh, young male fanboy traps, you know, that, um, the things that he didn't like about The Last Jedi, um, uh, things like Finn sacrificing himself with a gun and, um... rose's decision to intercept him and things like that you know those were things that he didn't care for so Mm. rise of skywalker seemed to be much more in his wheelhouse and i think that that is kind of because rise of skywalker is a much more conventional movie now i'm damning it with faint praise here um i think that it's more ambitious than the force awakens um, when I look yes, at I agree on that. when when I when I look at those two movies, I feel like The Force Awakens is better paced, better structured. And you'll please forgive me, Liz. Um the Rise of Skywalker feels a lot more Russell T. Davis-y in the sense that uh, like in, in the tradition of all of those <laughs> Russell T. Davis Doctor Who finales, this is just stuffed and stuffed and stuffed again with so much in it.
3: If we're doing Doctor Who's, I'd put RTD as the Force Awakens, which is also stuffed with crowd-pleasing stuff, but also does something. Whereas this... I'd, I don't know, it's so flat I'd have gone for it. No, that's that's mean. I'm being too mean there. But I, I, I would have uh, be more crazy about Force Awakens and RTD. Moffat's obviously the last Jedi. I,
2: I was yeah. thinking that like this film is like listening to a podcast with smart speed switched on. So like all the silent bits are stripped <laughs> out and it's just constant, constant, <laughs> constant. Yes. You say that, but it's really long.
1: And when I watched it the second time, there were a lot of... Bits where I was like, do we really need yet another scene of them going over a plan at that same rebel base? Like, you could have cut quite a bit out of this movie, I think.
4: I think that there was stuff that needed to be cut so that other pieces of it could breathe. I'm perfectly happy. I mean, I sat through Endgame without a bathroom break. You know, I'm very, I'm very proud of myself. But <laughs> I don't have any issues with the length of The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and I think that there is a lot of ambition to some of the stuff that happens. And there's even some. There is even some of the messaging from The Last Jedi that is not lost, even as some characters True. are sidelined and things like that. So I think Rise of Skywalker is a glorious mess. I wish it had been less of a mess, but it still it still kept me engaged. It still,
3: it is still glorious, kept
0: me entertained.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to go for that.
0: The incomparable Star Wars Rise of Skywalker review spectacular is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. You can learn the art of filmmaking from Martin Scorsese, improve your screenwriting skills from Aaron Sorkin, or learn the art of storytelling from Neil Gaiman. With over 60 different instructors across tons of categories, there is literally something for everyone. I took the course by Chris Hadfield about being an astronaut. Now, I'm not going to be an astronaut, I have to say, but I loved hearing the details of what it takes to be an astronaut, what the training is like, how intense that is, how focused you have to be, what life is like in outer space. Just fascinating firsthand accounts from somebody who was there. I loved it, and I'm looking forward to uh, doing some of the classes by the writers in the near future as well. With over 65 wide-ranging class offerings, there's something for everyone. they are awesome classes. You should really check them out. You can get an unlimited access pass to every masterclass right now. And as a listener of the Incomparable, you get fifteen percent off the annual all access pass. Go to masterclass.com/incomparable to sign up. That's masterclass.com/incomparable for fifteen percent off MasterClass. Thank you to MasterClass for supporting the Incomparable.
1: Let's talk about some of the things we liked then, because yes! I will say I will say right up that there there were two things this movie did that I hadn't seen before that I thought were great. Um, one of them was the forced teleportation. Stuff, yeah. Like, well, and there were two instances where that was used really well, and that was the Vader's helmet thing, uh, mm. and then of course at the end, passing the lightsaber from Ray right to End. Right. And the reason I liked those partly was because it was you know a, a good use of something we hadn't seen before, but also because they were smart moves. Like most mm. of this movie, the characters are kind of just reacting to things and don't get much chance to actually use their brains. So it was nice to see a couple of things that were the result of smart planning, you know, and outsmarting the enemy rather than just hitting it very hard with lasers.
3: Yeah, that was the one bit of the finale where I got a little chill when they swapped the lightsaber there. It was like, ooh, I wish I got more of that, but that was definitely... That was uh, moment. I,
2: I liked with the the force powers, they basically set all of them up in threes. So there was the... He grabs the necklace, then there's the Vader's helmet, and then there's the, the lightsaber mm. transfer. So we're, you know, we're fine with that. And then there's the um she heals the big snakey thing uh then she heals him and then okay so we have the we've established this so he like brings her back to life at the end why they can't like share the life force 50 50 i don't know
3: maybe he didn't have very much left at that point you know he had just been chucked down a big well thing or maybe she was she was so dead that the only way to bring her back to life was for him to sacrifice yeah Yeah, plus they had also
1: been also just been drained by the emperor i was waiting for them to start passing
2: it back and forth going like (laughs) i've saved you no i've saved you no i've saved you (laughs) like i didn't see why he had to die other than like narratively
1: Oh no, no, no. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's enough. He He had to die
3: narratively. so Yes, he did. And, but, but also that makes sense. If you're going to bring someone back from the dead, you can't, with your life, you can't keep your life as well. That's cheating. Just
2: keep a little bit and then, you know, siphon (laughs) off some (laughs) lesser
3: characters. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Anyway,
1: the other thing I really liked that was new was the light speed skipping right at the start. Uh, which oh. I thought was a really neat. I mean, it was silly, yes. It was very, very J.J. Abrams, but it was good J.J. Abrams. It was just let's do something really outlandish that you know we haven't seen before, but we're pushing something that already exists in the universe mm-hmm. for, to make a good action sequence. And I thought it was great.
4: It was a clever way to get around uh, the discovery of hyperspace tracking in the previous movie. It's like um, you you. Poe escapes into hyperspace, they follow, and he does the Skippy thing, and uh, they get out of that. Um, But I can't believe that I'm expressing my displeasure at a Star Wars movie for violating the laws of physics.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? How can you do this?
2: The other thing I liked was the um, the pulling down the ship where, before she killed Chewie in our revised cut. But, yeah. you know, the holding it down and them having an arm wrestle over the ship. But it <sighs> reminded me of the, I don't know if you played, the or what was it, was it Force Unleashed, where the character pulls down a Star Destroyer with the force. And it kind of it wasn't obviously on the same scale, but I liked that it was kind of like level two force spells that they'd unlocked.
1: Well <laughs> I, I liked it mainly because it was a good way of demonstrating just how powerful rays become. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and yeah, setting up the sort of the the battle of wills, if you like, with uh Kylo Ren. Let's talk about that force healing because Those of us who have, you know, been involved in things like the role playing game or the extended universe and stuff, we know that force healing is a thing, but I don't think it's ever been seen in a movie before.
3: It hasn't, but it was very, very exciting. I was pointing at this because it was like... That's what I do. That's my job because <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, I play it a lot or played it a lot before they stopped putting money into it and the plot became terrible. And literally every single and guild run, I'd have to um, rebuild my Sith Sorcerer um, into healing instead of DPS because nobody else would heal properly. They were all so bad at it. So I was literally five years of draining my life force, so I have got no time for anyone who suggests that's not a real power. It is it says it's endless. Anyway, go on.
4: <laughs> it was a power in Star Wars galaxies as well. Represent.
2: The the other thing, um have people seen The Mandalorian?
3: No, don't spoiler. We're in the wrong country for that, James. Yes. How, well how I mean I haven't
2: it? seen it obviously, but the the timing of the the episode eight or whatever it was, uh the day before the film came out.
3: Don't spoil her. I haven't, I want want to see it. I I just want to say about that force ship fight as well. That was another moment where I was like, and hold her breath because it was just, it was so cool. And the way that they were, the the, the performances from Ridley and uh, Driver in that moment with their expressions and ferocity. And then when you got force lightning coming from Ray, that was one of those moments which it, it really hurt that it wasn't, it hurt temptation and feel for the dark side never felt like it was swallowed up in any proper ways but the little bits that we did get frustrating as it was that there were only crumbs instead of proper bites i i loved them i loved the force lightning there i loved to look at her pseudo self that apparently it was only put in, well as far as i could see put in because it would look cool in the trailer is my brilliant guess there
2: so there's a, there was a lot of things like C-3PO with his red eyes and then holding oh, a bowcaster yes. on the poster. And literally... He has the red eyes for about two seconds, <laughs> and he, hes just given the bowcaster to hold, to carry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And but I will it. say the
1: red-eyed three PO was again—that's another thing that it makes no sense. Why would he have red eyes? But it was still cool. It, yeah, it, it fitted, you know, and the
2: change in his voice as well. It just reminded me of the Doctor Afra version C three PO, the evil C three PO in that. It's not really C three PO, but. um you know i want to see evil droids
3: (laughs) well knights of the old republic i know yes
1: so here's another good thing richard e grant how good was he
3: amazing wow. i did not know he was in it
1: as yes, well normally complete surprise I,
3: I, I, <laughs> Very
2: it, he, he was good and i think they brought him in possibly to make us think oh he must be the spy because he's yes. new. Oh, Yeah. oh yeah
3: but i assumed it was it was yeah. And also like- uh,
2: yeah
1: it, interestingly he's almost the same age as peter cushing was when he played <gasps> Graham of tarkin that nice. seems
3: impossible Well, Mm, Peter Cushing Cushing really, um, after Peter Cushing's wife died, he aged really, really badly. Like in um, the god-awful Dracula movie, The Secret Rites of Dracula, he was originally Joanna Lumley's father in it. And then when he saw him, he was like... Right, that's not very convincing. We'll have to make him her grandfather. He, he, it's oh, wow, it quite right. a sad story thingy there. Yay! Thank God I mentioned that in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. <laughs> grant is looking amazing there.
4: He was so good. And I, I was trying to figure out why uh, Donald Gleeson was uh, himself sort of being sidelined in the story. Mm -hmm. um and you and he that's a character that is not consistent in any of these three movies
3: but he's so much fun in last jedi
4: he is he is he's like he's like hitler in the force awakens and he's like charlie chaplin as hitler in (laughs) the last jedi this makes sense and then he's just he he, and then he's just sort of there and it's and and Richard E. Grant is just taking up all of the screen
1: which he will do I mean that's you know you don't hire Richard E. Grant unless you intend him to basically own every scene he's in I I very
2: much liked when the ship exploded with him on there was like a fraction of a scene of him being blown towards the window yes, yes I saw that you just see his back arch
3: Hux's character development, I think, does make sense in that it's all about his continuing rivalry and growing rivalry with Kyle Ren, and um, to see him that in that way, his, his turning spy uh, was like, oh, okay, that was, that was a decent character beat for me. Because it's like, as he said, he doesn't care if the Rebels win, he just wants to get rid of Kyle Ren and this seems a plan. So if, if you're going to have him in only for a couple of scenes, then fair enough.
1: That was also a really good uh, juxtaposition against the earlier scene where Ray goes to leave the Rebel base. And the team are like, well, yeah, of course, we're, of course we're going with you. We do everything together. We're Mm -hmm. a team. We're united. And it was nice. It was very on the nose, but it was nevertheless nice to get, oh yes, the bad guys all snipe at one another and undermine one another and want, you know, their so-called colleagues and allies to lose. Whereas the good guys all band together and work together and aren't they wonderful? Like like I say, very on the nose, but, you know, worth stating in, well, again, you know, let's always remember these are aimed at... Uh, children.
2: Yeah, I was going to say it's all about family, but then I realised that's Fast and Furious.
1: Yeah, wrong, wrong franchise. <laughs>
2: Is Star Wars really aimed at children at this point, or is it going
4: for that same sort of family to family sweet spot that uh, projects like Doctor Who have gone for?
2: I think it's gone for maximizing the amount of money Disney can make in any way possible. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I mean, that's the eternal question, isn't it? You know, it's the same thing with superhero comics.
1: Like, are they really aimed at kids anymore, or are they actually aimed at the middle-aged men who grew up reading them as kids and now still read them as middle-aged men? Is that the same as Star Wars? I don't think so. I think Star Wars has more of a grip on the young audience. You know, you see there were lots of kids at the showings I went to and I, you know, I see lots of kids with Star Wars paraphernalia and what have you at and about. So I think, you know, it's working better for Star there Wars. There were
2: several young rays in costume at the midnight oh, screening that okay. I saw. And that's And, awesome. and they, they looked really cool and I, you know... That, if anything, is sort of reminds me that... You know, things don't have to be entirely for me. Exactly. Mm, true <laughs> enough. Although those poor
4: kids, after they saw e- the the vision of Evil Ray, <laughs> that must have been very distressing uh, for well, them. Well, I hope at least some oh, no. of them. I say, wonder how many I'm of them went home and immediately
1: that. put on a cloak. Yes. yes.
3: <laughs> as, it's like... as a kid, I would want to be Evil Ray at that point. I'd be like, "Exactly, oh, this is so cool." I
2: get me that folding <laughs> lightsaber.
3: Oh uh, yeah, that was that was nice. If that comes out as merch, yeah, I, I would that. totally That's...
2: get one of those too.
1: My, my only issue with evil ray was that she really wasn't very evil like she's there's some daily daisy risley is just too wholesome she, she pushed like, her out
2: a door so there yeah, you go
1: it's like daniel radcliffe trying to play evil it's like you just can't do it man
2: yeah
3: oh, <laughs> she that doesn't fit is, she needed a bit more mascara
2: or something to look really
3: evil. yes that's that's the real sign of evil too much mascara yeah yeah
2: <laughs> basically it's evil or goth it's one of the two yeah
3: <laughs> Jeez. Okay, my favorite. Speaking of lightsabers, the, the thing about, about the movie that was that was the thing that I was like, oh god, yes, that was completely pandering, but it was pandering to me, and so therefore it was good <laughs> um, was Leia and uh Jediing. I everything from right at the start when she was the one completing Ray's training to finding out, oh my god, yes! Shreya, Leah completed her Jedi training and then she chose not to be a Jedi. And to getting her to see her see her fighting with a lightsaber was just And beating Luke magic magic Yeah, but you've got no idea how much that meant that was just freaking magical
4: yeah it paid off the line in return of the jedi that you'll learn yeah. to wield it as as i did from
3: right from the start when these films came out i i love seeing leah as the general it's fantastic but there was that always that element of but what about her force powers and here for such so much of this and parts of the last jedi to be there with her force powers even when han died she clearly felt it but to know that she did do this that she does have
1: That she actually is a Jedi, she just chooses Chooses not not to to practice. And
3: she chose to protect her son, but she has a lightsaber and for Rey to have the lightsaber and for her lightsaber to be such a big part of this movie um, was just, oh my God, little shivers everywhere. That was magical.
2: I also like that Rey built her lightsaber out of her staff. So it had like the same hilt bits and things. Yeah, it was like yeah, that looked really cool. It also seemed to like twist to turn on or something. Which she kind of she
1: rotated yes. like a, a cog in the yeah. It was it was very nice. Um, most of the bits with Leia, I will say, were really well done. Mm. Like considering that they were all made from uh, unused footage from Force Awakens, not even from Last Jedi. It was all unused footage from Force Awakens and CGI.
3: Yeah, I was really surprised at how much there was, how well it fitted and how they managed to essentially make Leia, like, so important ah, in this movie. yeah. And, but she felt like she had such a presence, despite only having those handful of scenes.
2: There were a lot of sort of shots from the back, and then yeah. somebody giving yeah. the, right. the, the exposition. If, if you're
1: looking for the scenes, you can find them, of but, course. But it you was see yeah. them. well done. If you, if you, yeah. But it was, yeah, all things considered, I think it was really well done, and respectfully yeah. done. Yeah. Because yeah. that was a big worry I had going into this. Yes, and having and then it,
3: that that final that final shot of her with um with her white capy doodah on with Luke, that was just like oh god, whatever whatever feelings I had about the ending not being finally enough, quite. That was that was pretty that was pretty and, good. And that I was, liked uh,
2: seeing Billy Lord in the scenes as well.
4: I'm a bad fan. I just saw too many of the seams in that moment. Um, there were so those the way the shots were composited. I could tell that Carrie Fisher and the rest of the cast were not on the same. Um the the, the backs of heads turning. The trying to make the dialogue fit. Um, I I came out of it a lot more negative than the three of you. I, I felt like that was um I felt like she was pasted in um unartfully. But she needed to be part of the story, and uh, so- circling back to Liz's early point, you know the um, the, the the scene with the CGI'd uh, Carrie Fisher and Luke in Jedi training was that wonderful. Those
1: face- well, except that, except for those CGI'd faces, which you know, much like the CGI layer in Rogue One, that actually didn't work for me. I pre- actually preferred the unused footage bits to the CGI. I, I
2: thought the CGI was actually a lot better than it than it was in rogue one i thought they had like moved one step further but you know it worked better for me
3: you know what really helps tiny screen large distance between you and the screen looks really
2: good (laughs) i think the main thing is
1: the i mean i acknowledge what you're saying chip but i think the main thing is that maybe the three of us were just expecting it to be so much worse like i had such low expectations of how Carrie Fisher was going to appear in this movie Mm. Uh, and so I was so relieved as much as anything that like I say it was done respectfully and not you know that there wasn't a CGI layer leaping about with a lightsaber all over the place or something.
2: I mean I, I, I think the resolution also with having her die to bring Kylo back to the light you know it was probably one of the few things they could actually do but it worked. You know, I yeah. It did. That's true.
3: It did. That was that was that was a moment just after that where I, I you know, I, I like how it's kind of left open to interpretation exactly what she does. But I do think that one of the things is reach into caho's memory, pull up the memory of his father. And that was a point where I kind of broke down quite a lot of tears. It was very embarrassing, and they
1: really kept that under wraps, didn't they? Yeah, I know. I was yes. like,
3: I was, I was just like, Hang on, that can't possibly be Harrison Ford. Oh my God, it is, and then mm-hmm. tears streaming I mean, everywhere. I like
2: oh. him, you know. It's a memory; it's legally distinct from a false ghost. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it serves exactly the same sort of. You know, he wasn't blue and shimmery, but
3: even just. It was, it was so on the nose, but it so worked for me here. The echo of the death scene and the different meaning of the words there. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I know I, what I have I, to do, but I don't know yeah, if I have the I think strength. I, it, yeah. just, it got to me. It completely worked for me. No,
1: that, that was absolutely good. Yeah, And I liked yes, him chucking absolutely. his
2: lightsaber away into the water yes. and, and all that. It, the only thing with that scene was how, I, for a bit I was thinking, is Harrison Ford wearing a wig?
1: And then I was that as well,
2: looking at it and thinking, is that a wig? Is that a wig? And that sort of took me out of it. Or could he just not be bothered to cut his
1: hair for one day's work?
2: Yes, I mean that that is possible. Um, But it was really nice to see him.
1: Well, they say your hair keeps growing after you die, so maybe. Oh
3: my goodness! That was the moment where I thought that Kylo Ren might survive. Because he threw away his lightsaber and I kind of thought, oh, maybe they're doing his his redemption here as he rejects all his Jedi slash Sithness and all their powers. And that's how he um, tries to, obviously you can't make up for all the terrible things you've done, but that's how he tries to find some sense of redemption by turning his back on all of that
1: and doing good stuff. The use of the old Death Star uh, on the, you know, on the in the indoor system and what have you, and mm-hmm. that fight scene, yeah, uh, amongst the water on the old Ooh. Death Star. I know some people rolled their eyes at the old Death Star. You know, it's very Force Awakens, very JJ and all that. But I thought it was a good use of it and that fight scene was brilliant that's going to be iconic yeah. that is because everybody talks about the emperor's throne room lightsaber you know in the original trilogy between luke and darth vader and i think this one obviously very very different but just as good and i think it will stand the test of time just I, as well. i liked
2: the sort of the pausing and the waves and you know yeah. they could do the the huge leaps over to the next bit and uh, uh poe and uh jana couldn't not Poe. Couldn't uh, reach them, yeah, yeah. Uh, Finn. I, Finn, yes. Uh but it, it was th- the only thing that got me in that was the um the DNA sensitive door in the um throne room which opens ah. up. And I was like, uh, oh, why why was that there? Why would that exist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I love that lightsaber um battle as well oh, i think yeah, it's it was... i think it's definitely one of the best but the embarrassing fact is like light, the lightsaber jewels that i love best and I yeah. love my heart are the prequel ones They're i mean just, i mean that's what this I one felt an awful
4: lot like and, and i know everything everything gets called a call back to something else but that lightsaber battle Reminded me an awful lot of the Revenge of the Sith lightsaber battle, only it's water instead of lava this time.
3: Yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's, I think it's yeah. got, I think, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel resonant in, because it's completely different dynamics between the characters. But yes, that is the one that it feels most kind of aesthetically like. And I love the. I mean, it must get tricky after nine movies. How can we make this lightsaber fight different slash interesting? And interesting, And yeah. They found a way to do it that yeah. was that was really, really very nice. The other thing about the de- about wandering around the Death Star there was it. Um, I loved that because it made me think of <clears throat> Knights of the Old Republic and wandering around the Endar Spire <laughs> in the Ent morgue after that was the ship <laughs> you lost in the first game.
1: So it, it was also it was clearly a callback to the very to the introduction of Ray in force awakens with her you know climbing up a derelict imperial ship essentially but the one thing given that she's so much more powerful in the force now than she was in force awakens the one thing that i kept thinking throughout the whole bit where she was grunting and climbing and straining i was like you can fly now you're a jedi we've seen you floating and flying all over the place like (laughs) when
2: they were being pursued by the stormtroopers on the sort of judge dread bikes um coming out those bikes were brilliant oh Uh my god they were so good but with, like coming out of burning man <laughs> wait what galactic burning man yeah <laughs> yes. that's, yes. that's what i thought of but the why does it, why is she trying to shoot them why doesn't she just like pick them up with the force and fling yeah. them
1: against a the mountain although i did i did like that they they fly now they fly now they fly now
2: everything's in freeze <laughs> in this film yeah yeah that was good <laughs> It's like you know, once you've got all these force powers, just use them every single second. It's oh my like yeah you, that's you what you yeah. want
3: to do, but you run out of mana really well, quickly.
2: Well, that, that is what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like there's only a certain number of spell slots slash mana exactly. slash whatever, but they don't communicate that. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm sorry, would it communicate that the wizard has a limited amount of energy? I,
2: I would like yeah. a little bar in the corner of the screen <laughs> to go down every time she uses a power and then to go up when she has a rest.
1: Uh, talking about the old Death Star made me think, of course, of the Emperor named McDermott. And can I also just mention, I A McDermott, the way he says Jedi, it's just so <laughs> un, unmistakably him. And he's the only person who pronounces it that way in
2: the world. And I love it. I'm not sure what I think about bringing the Emperor back and the sort of like, oh, Snoke was just a clone and I was controlling him like a meat puppet. Yeah. Remember when we had all those theories that Snoke was Plagueis? Yeah. And and then we see the vats of Snoke's yeah. <laughs> um, backup <laughs> that Snoke's. That was
3: very Alien 4. Yeah. It,
2: it, I, so I'm not sure what I think about that. But actually, I liked the way it was implemented and him being on the sort of like robot uh, GLaDOS arm and... <laughs> it was It was fun to see that and then to have him like drain their life force and come back to being proper emperor
4: yeah. yeah they didn't make any effort to create artificial drama about whether he was back, you know he was part of the marketing so uh so you know you've got the you've you've got the first line of the opening crawl, and then you've got the very first um scene of the movie, and there he is um so it's just it's just a, a fate accompli he's there um and that's 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 part of the push and pull of this movie that uh sort of drives me crazy because there are very good reasons for just getting to it but especially the opening third of the movie or so that's all this movie is is um you know your your, your fetch quest your your cut scenes whatever it is it's it's He's back. Let's move to the next thing. He's back. Let's move to the next thing. Nothing breathes.
2: So th- there was a bunch of stuff like in the the uh, visual uh, dictionary or whatever it's called. So the planet at the beginning that Kylo's murdering lots of people on is uh, Mustafar. That's Mustafar, isn't so it? So yeah. Vader's castle was there. So I presu- thought it
3: was. How that? would
4: we know
2: that? Th- there was no because way I of knowing. Recognize- but it was clearly, like, so he was murdering, I don't know, Vader castle guards or or something to get his magic bit of Toblerone.
3: Well, I I feel very smug about recognising it now. Again, to be fair, it did look exactly
1: the same as Mustafar when we've seen it before, including in Rogue One. It's I mean, OK, I know that's, I mean, you've still got to have seen other movies to know that it's that planet and it doesn't matter if you don't know it doesn't affect your understanding of the story
4: i didn't lose anything by not recognizing it
1: yeah no but it is they don't they don't it's not like they try and make it look any different it does literally look the same as in other appearances
2: yeah, I, I mean, I liked I liked that stuff, but, but the sort of the fetch quest nature of the, oh, we have to find a dagger, or we can't read the dagger, so we'll need to do this, and then we'll need to do this, and it's like... And the droid can't translate it, but apparently also
1: can't paraphrase... That that really felt like, hang on, we've got to add in an extra twenty minute scene of with some peril here because there was really mind. no good reason for that, no, I that, mean that, yeah,
3: but we get that beautiful goodbye from thirty two three people that bit I didn't mind it was the the location is written on the dagger that I was like, really. Are you sure?
4: <laughs> the <laughs> irony that a protocol droid that was built
2: by Darth Vader cannot translate. Oh,
1: yeah. I that forgot. was Anakin Skywalker. was
2: <laughs> a difference. So, the, the, you know, he'd been reprogrammed several times. What got me was the fact that, you know, he's been doing a cloud backup to R2 this whole time. <laughs> and they just bring that out at the end <laughs> r2 blaze <laughs>
3: that is the problem you have you have a problem the solution is presented very shortly afterwards which again i don't mind watch while it, i didn't mind it while it was on the screen i was watching it it's just that if i'm going to talk about the movie at all then it's impossible not to really get bogged down and they keep doing that they keep setting something up and then repairing it so shortly afterwards it seems really down on the movie because there's so much of that I'm not. I did like it. Well,
1: but I don't think it would have been such an issue if it hadn't happened so many times. And that's what yes. I mean about, you know, there were quite significant chunks of this movie that you could have done without. And it would have made a tighter, you know, say one hour 50 movie, which I personally would have this think is, would have been true, better. But unfortunately, you
3: know? all the bits you'd want to cut would be stuff with our star trio. And I love those bits, even though the plot is not great in them.
2: And with the C three PO being wiped thing, yeah, okay, I had problems with that. But I liked Babu Freak, uh, played by Shirley Henderson. Uh, oh, <gasps> oh my, my god. god! Oh, is that I didn't who know it was? That. Yeah, there's going to be Babu Freak toys
1: very shortly, I am sure.
2: There was a lot of like little characters, like and 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 D zero or D O. Uh, do do. Yeah. Uh, it's like I thought. You know, are they just going to make the droids smaller every film they do? It's like <laughs> yes, you've got to makes
3: them cuter.
2: BBA, and then like the next one's going to be like just a tiny little yeah, thimble like a, size like a tini-
3: thing. A tiny little hamster droid that will sit at the top of your head, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, you're so cute! You're so cute!"
2: Yeah, and I they'll would... be
3: even cheaper to make the remote control version.
1: Yeah, I mean you're right, Liz. That you know a lot of the scenes, obviously, that you'd want to cut would mean less time with our heroes on screen with our sort of central trio
3: yeah and the relationships we actually got between the three of them in that movie and
1: we got those this time exactly and the you could tell there was because obviously they've done a few of these now you could tell the increased chemistry between mm. the performers i think not just in the script but in the way it was played yeah. and i think the very first i mean before then obviously the scenes with uh poe and finn when they're escaping the tie fighters and stuff but then when they landed and you get that exchange where Ray's like, bad mood? Well, me? No, him. Always. Absolutely crack me up. And that was <laughs> yeah. the delivery of that line. And then from that moment on, the, the comfort that those performers clearly have around one another made mm. for, like the original trilogy, made for a really good, close, cohesive tr- central trio that you felt knew one another had spent a lot of time together, cared about one another, and that really came across.
4: Which is really surprising, considering that, um, you know, the three characters only met as a triad at the end of The Last Jedi.
1: I know, I know. Ray <laughs> never...
2: Ray and... Poe never shared screen time up until that moment. I don't know if it's a, a shallow thing, but I also thought Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, and Daisy, Daisy Ridley were a lot hotter in this film than they Oh, had they were. They just look very
3: nice together. Yes. yes.
1: They, they, they've all had many years of uh, beauty and health treatments and what have you now to. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, John to show Boyega on particularly had leveled up. It was oh, like, yes, totally. what did he do? And can I do this too?
1: <laughs> what well, what he did was six hours in the gym every day for yeah. 10 years. <laughs> but yeah, no, his hair looked great in this movie. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah,
3: I also see Adam Driver is growing on me a little bit. I never, I never got the attraction thing, but having watched this in The Last Jedi, I find um, when he's looking at Daisy Ridley, he suddenly looks a lot more attractive. I think it's like the anger slash interest in her that's like oh okay this makes you look nicer it's the
2: whole frenemy thing the question is are you attracted to kylo or are you attracted to ben
3: um okay there's no good way to answer that (laughs)
2: let's
3: move on
1: (laughs) i think that is an answer in and of itself isn't
3: it No. oh god it's not my fault it's okay when they're fictional
4: After he chucks his lightsaber and he reappears, he has transformed himself from Kylo Ren to sweatshirt guy, and and, and he's just looking so phenomenally normal. I mean, he uh, Adam Driver's a big guy, but um, he all of a sudden looks diminished when he uh, when, when he when he's rushing to the rescue. Um, he doesn't look like um, the the great and powerful Sith Lord that he was before, and that's of course reasonable. But um, it's it's just fascinating to me how much how much smaller and less imposing Ben is than Kylo. Well, I think his cool scar
2: is healed as well. Hmm.
1: Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Well, I, I think you're right, Chip, and I, I wonder how much of that is in the performance as well, because you know we've all seen those clips of uh, Christopher Reeve playing Clark mm. Kent mm. and then turning into Superman, and you notice how he literally changes his posture and deepens his voice, and you know all of that
4: stuff to between the two characters. I mean, that little shrug that he gives when he picks up when he when he picks up the lightsaber. That's so, funny. That's it's, so funny! It's, it's when hilarious. He looks at the
1: knights and goes,
4: eh. <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> yes.
3: Those are so great.
4: It's as dramatic a character transformation as you got with Vader back into Anakin, even though there wasn't right. a lot of, uh, you know, even more so. And that's the one thing about the Star Wars movies that I like and hate at the same time is um, redemption is real easy. yeah. <laughs>
3: You say that, but you don't know what's going on the inside of these characters and how they're being torn apart.
4: I mean, hell, I come from a faith tradition that is all about basically you can be however bad you are, and then if you accept something, everything is forgiven and all that stuff. Soul it if he seems did. to, it, yeah, it, it seems to happen very, very easily for Anakin and Kylo. But that's part of Star Wars. Yeah,
2: but they both then die. And, yes, that too. <laughs> I mean, I like, but then
1: get to live on as Force ghosts. So, you know, I I mean... I
3: know the... well, we do know that Anakin
2: right. lives on as a force ghost also it should be pointed out that Poe is a drug smuggler that mm-hmm. was
1: another great scene of a great couple of lines wasn't it yeah you were a spice runner you were a stormtrooper you were a spice runner you were a scavenger I and mean, we can do this all day <laughs> yeah I don't think
2: scavenger like is that's in the really, same yeah, level I mean, as that that the other two not quite no. and I, well the, it was a good line those ships were just sitting there well, yes
3: exactly can we say
4: that one thing that, the, uh, that, the, that this trilogy has all over for it you know you can be unhappy with uh, some of the storytelling decisions or the fact that this was in a game of exquisite corpse where uh team behind movie one handed off to team behind movie two handed it to team behind movie three and it doesn't feel like they're talking to each other uh can we at least appreciate that the dialogue never really sucks the way it did in the prequels yeah yeah the, I, the yeah.
1: actual level of script writing is yeah. way way higher than the other Two tri- the other two trilogies, the original trilogy, much as we love them, you know, let's be honest, it was quite clunky in places. Are you, are I mean, you
3: suggesting that the modern script writing? I think it might also be it's more to our taste, just because it's you know.
1: No, that-ish. it's not just that. It's more are colloquial sure? as well. Yeah. It's more. I, I mean, remember I think the first maybe. Star Wars is the film where. We got the famous line, apocryphal possibly, but nevertheless fitting line from Harrison Ford, where he, you know, in the middle of a scene, turned around to George Lucas and said, look, George, you can write this crap, but you can't say it. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's the that kind of scripts familiar, they were. Maybe some, some of
3: this stuff is great. All the lines they give Peter Cushing are fantastic. I mean, it might be Peter Cushing, but
1: well, I think a lot of that comes out in the performance. Yeah, but I'm just saying bad, just, they, you know, not that they were bad, but they are much, much better now because they're so much more naturalistic. Can anyone tell me what, who the Knights of Ren are and what they do other than follow people around? Uh, they not, are nothing. Not <laughs>
4: <laughs> I've actually flipped through a few of the comics, and they are apparently force sensitives that he has recruited,
1: including a force sensitive chimpanzee.
3: Apparently, so like uh, polite uh, or something.
2: Uh, I think the, the the force sensitive chimpanzee was just ha- like hired in for that job.
3: Is that a real thing? The force sensitive chimpanzee? Yeah, no it it
2: was the it
1: was a some chimpanzee like alien that was repairing his helmet.
3: Oh, oh okay.
2: Um, the thing I thought with them is that if. Uh, if Kylo is like cosplaying as Vader, they are cosplaying as Kylo, and that's basically <laughs> how to look at them.
4: Yeah, I mean they're 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 the they're the equivalent of the Sith Inquisitors in Star Wars Rebels, I guess. Uh, but they're just the thugs. They're just the thugs. That's <gasps> how dare you! I, I Sith dare. Inquisitors
3: are the height. i dare
4: liz i dare
1: yeah i certainly wouldn't call the knights of ren the height of anything they did very very little
2: well they were pretty good at tracking people other
1: than follow people around yeah that's literally all they seemed to do and as soon as they had to fight one person one person they were rubbish
2: since I
4: mentioned Star Wars Rebels, I do want to celebrate a lot of the voices that were heard in, yes. uh, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> in the Jedi scene. So uh, there are a lot of characters uh, from uh, who are voiced by Clone Wars actors and Star Wars Rebels actors uh, that are part of the mix and all of the uh, voices of Jedi's past.
1: Actually, and that's another thing, this whole business of like all the Sith live in me and all the
2: Jedi live in me.
1: That was cringy. I don't recall that being mentioned any- anywhere well, ever well, before
2: okay where did the who were the people in the auditorium like for that's
1: Palpatine the other thing i want to know like the,
2: the sith eternal like there's thousands
1: of them and what do they do build star destroyers all day apparently but don't
3: but they also make spooky noises but
1: they can't pilot them or staff them
3: where i did don't they
4: think get they were the even people? real i think they were just sith ghosts the equivalent yes, i think they were yeah. just specters yeah
3: the um the whole of the whole of palpatine's like doodly thing down there with all the um big statues and stuff are very like what I'm familiar with is sith tombs and so yeah sith tombs have like ghost sith ghosts wandering around them sometimes um all this I only know from computer games. Don't know what it's actually like in the rest of the expanded universe. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm Sith ghost well, cheering f- you on. For a
2: tomb, it had really good seating. It uh, yeah. did
3: and That's good true. good
2: acoustics as well. Where they did they all get all the people to
1: pilot those star destroyers? Like this is apparently the biggest fleet the galaxy's ever seen, and all of these ships are manned. And you know <laughs> these ships that are famously the size of a small city. Maybe they've got evil droids in them. That's my hope. <laughs> they're all stuffed by hk-47 yeah yes
3: oh nice. i mean i did think roger, it was a roger. bit
2: silly the kind of like well you know first we had you know one planet destroying weapon and now we've got ten thousand of them or whatever right. now
1: every single ship has got a literal big gun i mean i'm you know i understand that you want to get the point across quickly but really that's a I- that's pretty fine. mundane design. It's literally just a big cannon.
2: Yeah, glued to a star destroyer. What do it look
3: like if it's not a big <laughs> cannon? I mm. mean, like a big flower.
1: I'm not a concept production designer for Hollywood, so...
3: I'm not going to judge them thinking sticking a big cannon on a ship is a bad idea. I I
2: just thought they could maybe design a new ship. But
3: the Star Destroyer design is so cool.
2: (sighs) Yes, it is. But seeing it's kind of lessened when you see 10,000 of them. It just looks like a sort of pattern. I
3: think you'll find, as we learned from the prequel trilogy, the more CGI bad guys you put on the screen the more epic it is
2: that is true mm. um, oh you're just, making just, me cry liz i, I mean just, i just i the thing that bothered me about that was the they can't get out of atmosphere because they they can't see or they don't know which way is up uh, yeah, yeah and it's like my phone knows which way is up i don't <laughs> see why a star destroyer couldn't
4: oh have we actually reached the point where we have now seen that it is possible to have too many ships in a scene.
2: I think so. And also when the rebel fleet jumps yes. in. I mean, I liked it when it was like, oh, there's the ghost. There's, you know, whatever other ship that we've seen before. Uh, but then to see just like the sky full of them. I mean, this was, I think we were talking about this in the Slack. It's like, yes, Lando is charismatic, but how did he just fly around and collect? Like a million ships or whatever it was, what you were saying. I think, seeing I think there. the
3: problem is we're asking questions of the plot. It's it's so much style over substance. It's ridiculous.
1: Does anyone know who plays those
2: stormtroopers that Ray uses the force on? Hmm. Um, no, but I was assuming that they were somebody.
1: Yeah, I'm assuming that there's somebody doing a cameo, but I I didn't look at the credits to see. I, I know who it was. Uh, Lin
2: Manuel Miranda's in it as a cameo. And and uh oh, John Williams incredible. was yeah. was visible in it. Uh he was outside Babu Frick's headquarters. He had a sort of uh Borg eye socket type thing. Oh wow. And that was John Williams. <laughs> they
1: actually put makeup on him. Huh? <laughs> well well maybe they didn't maybe they CG'd him, but uh, you know
2: oh, possibly it, yeah, yeah. It, um so I don't know, but, but you know, there's always rumors of people who will turn up and say, please JJ or whoever uh, I well that's
1: why i wondered yeah if they were because they you know it's it's a decent scene they get a couple of lines and they're they're funny lines so yeah it just made me plus obviously you know the force wave is the iconic uh
2: use of the force they didn't sound obvious like daniel craig was so uh you
3: see obvious some of us had to be told <laughs>
2: um i also um zori bliss i was listening to her and i was like i know the voice i know the voice do you know who, do you know yes. who i thought that was who? I thought it was Karen Gillan.
3: Uh. <laughs> that would have been amazing. She's the Kerry she's Russell's the right height.
1: Good. She's the right height and build. And it really, the first few lines, it really sounded to me like Karen Gillan doing her Nebula voice, doing an American
2: accent. But it was Kerry Russell from Felicity J.J. Abrams first, and the Americans. Yes. <laughs> the yeah, the Americans.
3: Yeah, that's her
2: you Um, I really liked her character. Uh, yeah. and I, was just like, I
3: love that she got such a cool helmet as well. There you go. There's a good co- concept design. A cool new yes. bounty hunter helmet. Oh,
2: I, I liked her. I, and I was, I was like her, as we said before, her and Janna. I liked the characters. I was just annoyed that they seemed to be introduced yeah. just as foils for our respective boys. When there were other characters that could have been used for the same purpose.
4: Yeah,
3: I, I thought you were thinking exactly. because that should have been... We Rose's parts there, well, but yes, the, all, that, no, too, that, that, also, that too. Were, that
2: also,
0: I'm,
3: yeah. But that's yeah, that is really annoying, especially since clearly they were aware of of the massive fan base for uh, Po finishness, and because Oscar Isaac was deliberately playing it like that. Yeah, so birds, so then to it. give, and so they've, yeah, then to give a uh, a uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, is-
2: and I don't know if it, it's bad to say so, but you know, Jana being a person of color like Finn. It, it just seemed to like she had been created. Oh, and she's also a stormtrooper. And she also rebelled and she did all that. She's this.
1: the female Finn, yeah. Yeah,
2: she was like perfect. And also Zori was, you know, a bit rough and tumble, a bit, you know, a bit, of possibly, with a dark past, whatever. And again, she seems for herself. Be, yeah.
3: I, I I disagree with that. There, the, with with Jana, especially since there's this one of the great things about this movie that I thought to noticed was that we're, there are um, there were uh, uh, black characters talking to each other about stuff that isn't white people, which I believe is a yeah. test. That has its own name, similar to the Bech Delta. Yeah, I mean,
2: and I don't want to see any lack of diversity in the films. It just sort of rubbed me slightly the wrong way that she seemed to be like created by a genie to fulfill uh, Finn's uh, desires. Yeah, um,
4: there's there's also something about Janna that um, sort of supports some of the messaging that was in the last Jedi um the the fact that's ordinary people making a difference making choices that um mm. her her you know janna is not force sensitive she is not um she there's 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 nothing unusual about her it's just that she and her fellow uh, stormtroopers had a crisis of conscience and they decided to do something about that um the the one of the messages of the last jedi is that it's not where you come from it's the choices that you make anyone can be special anyone can be force sensitive anyone can be a hero that sort of thing you're not reliant on the lineage
2: well I mean in this it's like anyone can be a Jedi but only if they're related to one of two particular families
4: (laughs) well I mean no the the kid with the broom we don't know who he's uh, related to he's (laughs) Palpatine's like
2: cousin
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you're right Chip and that was reflected actually in one of the last lines of the movie when the uh, rebel all turn up in the you know when the the thousands and thousands of ships all turn up and pride is standing there with his lieutenant and says like well, where, did, where did all the ships come from they don't have a fleet and he says oh it's not a fleet it's just people that was again very on the nose but a really good line
4: mm-hmm. yes this movie undercuts the last jedi in some ways but it doesn't in others
2: yeah agreed yeah and I liked that, you know, the people who were annoyed with Rey being, you know, a super Jedi must be incensed by the fact she's basically a god I- in this film. <laughs> and that I like. Uh, but now you see
1: we have a story justification for it, so they'll be okay with it. Oh, right. Because
4: she's a Skywalker? Uh, no, no, no because she's a Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, God, so, that, re- that, that revelation was just so... That was bizarre because the way it was done and my reaction of, oh, all right, fair enough.
2: It's like your parents are no one because they chose to be no one. Yeah, actually. that I wasn't. Yeah. But did yeah, you see I didn't like uh, Ray's mum was L from Killing Eve? Yes, Jodie yes. Comer. Yes. yes. And I was like, well, that explains some of where she got her, her <laughs>
0: fighting instincts. <for. laughs>
2: one thing I liked about the,
1: uh, yes, the bit in the landing bay where he says, you know, you're a, you're a Palpatine, was he was wearing his mask. Now, I wasn't a fan of him putting the mask back on to start with, to be perfectly honest with you. I wish that they'd left it off, but, you know, whatever. Um, But I did wonder if when filming that they had a bogus script because when they made Empire... Oh. Famously, David Prowse had a different script and his line when they were actually acting the scene out was that uh Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. No, Obi-Wan killed your father was what Dave Prowse said and that because they wanted to keep it a secret and it was only in ADR that James Earl Jones said, you know, the, the line, the real line about being a father. And I wondered if they did something like that in this. I wonder if they had a similar, you know, kind of fake line to deliver on set that he then ADR'd to correct to the real line
2: later on. I can't imagine what they would say then in that, like say, oh, Han Solo's your father. Um,
3: well, they could, well, that they could just awkward.
2: say "Yeah, Luke's your father or something. They
3: because could have gone with the, the one that it should have been in my head with the kenobi's your father because it's like kenobi started this whole mess off by not listening to not training the kid kenobi can finish the whole mess he
2: was probably (laughs) quite bored in the desert for a long time
3: exactly (laughs) what else is going to do out there
1: so talking about jedi and tatooine the one thing that i really would have changed if this was my movie the one thing i could have done without was uh not the appearance of luke's force ghost That's fine. But he is on screen for far too long and he's basically used as a very lengthy exposition vehicle and to refute some of the advances, frankly, that I thought we'd made in the franchise with The Last Jedi. I was really, really unhappy with how that scene turned out.
3: But on the bright side, we did get to see him lift his X-Wing out of the water. Yeah, but Ray could have done that. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I I was, I was, loved that because that was something that I felt like was set up in the previous movie, which was like his X-Wing's in the water. And I didn't understand why the end of it, someone hadn't lifted it out to make a point. And so here when it was going, I was like, yes, at last, I've waited a whole 24 hours to see this. I
2: thought he disabled <laughs> his X-Wing, you know, when he sort of became an exile and all that. And if it was just sitting there.
3: I take Anthony made maybe a slightly more serious point than what I was doing. Maybe.
2: So they my are. my point is even less serious. Two porks, we could only get two. Um, <laughs> I don't <I wanted>, like, <laughs> I more like the
3: cameos.
2: They're completely
1: <laughs> sold out. Have you tried to get a pork? But it
2: was like two yes! <laughs> two ewoks, two <laughs> porks. Can we not get more?
3: As, as soon as I saw the movie and it was like, oh porgs, amazing, must get pork merch. Turns out two years <laughs> later, it's a little bit hard.
2: Yeah, you can still get pork Lego, but I don't really like it.
3: No, I don't want a porg leg. Oh, I want like a like porg tea as well as an actual porg. Hmm.
2: I, I want to sit here
4: with uh, my chin on my hands and ask Anthony about what Luke undercut from uh, the last movie.
3: Yes, that's what I should have said. I yes, made a stupid too. joke instead. Me too. Uh, well,
1: a lot of it was him just basically saying, Yeah, I made a mistake. I was wrong. All that stuff that I said, yeah, you know, I shouldn't have said it. Uh, actually, I should have fought and I shouldn't have come to this island. And yeah, I'm really sorry. Uh, and by the way, here, have my X wing,
2: and the line about you should treat your lightsaber better, unlike I did in that. Yes. Ryan Johnson. That film. line,
4: that line, got to me, but the rest of it didn't bother me so much because it's kind of, it is kind of sort of Luke's arc in the Last Jedi that he comes back, um, he he come, comes back and makes a stand in a way that arguably he could have done at less cost to himself earlier on. There's a lot of cynicism in the Last Jedi about. Well, the Jedi Order and about all this stuff. And it's a very embittered Luke. Who's saying all this stuff, which I like.
1: Yeah, but it's all very easy to come back and say these things after you're dead, isn't it? You know, yeah,
2: I, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah. like, he was, you know, oh, I'm going to, s- the end of, uh, you know, Last Jedi, it's all, you know, I'm going to solve this through non violent means, basically, mm. with his projection. And then he's to Ray, oh, would you like another lightsaber? I've got like 13 behind a rock.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I just, I just feel like, I, I feel like uh, it's only the line about Taking better care of your lightsaber that sticks in my craw, and that sort of taints the rest of the scene. But other, other than that, I feel like it's a reasonable evolution of Luke's thinking. He's 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 chilling as a Force ghost now. He's got a he's got a bigger perspective.
1: Well, even if that's the case, the scene is still much too long. I I think
3: maybe it's a callback to the hilarity of the running joke of Anakin Skywalker breaking his lightsaber and Obi Wan telling him loss for it in the prequels.
2: Oh, how we laughed.
3: Oh, I did laugh. I, I mean, I, <laughs> One that, time it was, okay.
2: that was actually my favourite moment in The Last Jedi is when she brings him the lightsaber and he chucks it over his shoulder right. and a porg <laughs> so nearly good. impales himself on him. <laughs> I, I, it, it's, you know, it undercut everything and it subverted everything. And it made me, I was like, I sat up and I was like, oh, this is not going to be, you know, Force Awakens part two. Uh, so I really liked that. So yeah, the, the lightsaber line in this was just a bit... I mean, it could be read as playful,
1: uh, yeah. but- it, well and it was clearly it was delivered in a playful way but you know at the same time somebody has to write that line to start with
2: yes um you, what you mean there are writers and it's not just actors make this stuff up
1: a- allegedly so on the bright side however returning back to sort of crazy things that we do like horses galloping out of a transport <laughs> over the surface of a star destroyer <laughs> there is something i never thought i would see
3: that was yeah. so cool
4: <laughs> yeah i really like those made no sense made no sense whatsoever but None it was all, but it was also so
3: it made sense because <laughs> it was like like um thinking me they're speeders said Richard E. grant and they're like they're not using speeders so actually it was tactically sound
1: yes jam their speeders like and the guy why didn't the guy just go that's not something we can do that's nobody has ever done that before what are you talking about
2: man
3: It's there to justify
2: space forces. We we can't jam their speeders. Well, why don't you shoot their horses then? Oh, we can't do that. They
1: shoot horses, don't they?
2: Yes, that's what I was going to say. No, we can't shoot the horse. (laughs) Only people. BB-8 got hit by a tree and I was quite sad. Oh,
1: no, I thought that was very funny. Um, Oh, well,
2: (laughs) I think this shows the
4: the divide between us.
1: (laughs) And then the twin sunset. That, That was at the end. The twin sunset on Tatooine. I mean, I know we mentioned that scene before, but it's worth mentioning again. It was, yes, it was cheap, you know, a cheap sort of nostalgic hit, but... One that worked for you? It got me partly because of John Williams. No, no question. Um, And I did like, again, we mentioned it, the burying the lightsabers. I liked that that was at least, I mean, it felt like closure, but it also felt forward looking because then she's got her own lightsaber. She's not relying on the past. You know, there is a kind of implicit uh forward progress so the it.
2: name of that John Williams track off the soundtrack is a new home not a new hope uh. um, and so i take that to mean that she has indeed you know used her identity theft to, to take possession of she's this actually going to live on the farm he's going to live on the farm and you know go out with a lightsaber and chop people's arms off in pubs occasionally
1: or just use it as a torch that strikes me as a really dangerous use of a lightsaber yeah,
2: but i did think it was very funny when poe like switched on his torch and <laughs> you he, had a yes. sort of um <laughs> moment of uh comparison I
4: I am inadequate Yes Yes. (laughs) Uh,
2: But yeah It's like using your phone as a torch It's the same kind of deal
3: Yeah Also
2: it's so cool If if I I accidentally
1: accidentally brush against you with my phone You don't lose a
2: limb But
3: she's a Jedi She's not going to accidentally brush against anyone She feel everyone around her If she she accidentally cuts your arm off She meant to do it
1: Yeah Yeah, You clearly deserve it She's secretly evil Because she's a Palpatine And yeah, you know, we probably deserved this movie. I think this is uh, overall, you know, we've graped a bit, but there are bits we liked. And I think overall, it's probably about the best wind up to this trilogy. That we could have asked for, I would say. I mean, I, I still have high hopes if it's still going ahead for Ryan Johnson's new trilogy that is hopefully unrelated to the Palpatines or the Skywalkers. Um, I really want to see what he would do with that. But for this trilogy that started with The Force Awakens, which, let's be honest, was essentially a remake, I think this is probably the best ending that we could have asked for from it. All right. So let's have closing thoughts then, please. James, you go first.
2: Yeah. I mean, you say this was the, the movie we deserved. I think they could have done some <laughs> things better. And and I it bothers me that some decisions, even though they might not be, come across as trying to sort of sand off the rough edges a bit to make the film a little more palatable to the unpalatable ends of the internet. Um I, I enjoyed it. You know, I sat there and I I would, I didn't think as I did with, you know, I was watching solo. I was kind of a bit disappointed with it and, you know, I enjoyed every moment of this and it was a lot of moments. Um, and you know, I really hope that we see more of, uh, Ray, Finn and Poe and BB-8 and everybody, uh, you know, and they can say, well, it's, you know, it's a new Skywalker trilogy or whatever. But yeah, I would like some kind of break first uh, and maybe not trilogies. I think there was also some story about that recently, that in the future, they're looking to do sort of more one and done films because, you know, making everything a trilogy of trilogies is is a bit much pressure. But, you know, just give me a fun action adventure film every one to two years um you know give me the zori bliss film or the you know whoever uh and i'll be quite happy with that and i think it was uh joe Steele who said uh you know think of all the uh star wars films they're going to make after we die uh, they're going to keep okay, yes. going, making <laughs> awesome. these films forever. I think
1: what they need to do next then is a Guardians of the Galaxy style, Guardians of the Galaxy long, far, far away uh, film with all the sort of yeah, all the Outer Rim bounty hunter and smuggler characters. That would be, I'd, I'd queue up for that. Oh, oh, I mean, that. the
2: the Mandalorian is kind of that. Well,
1: but I mean, with characters that we already know,
2: do do lots more Star Wars is what we're saying basically. <laughs> please, yeah. please, and- Disney, take our money.
1: I don't think they need too much persuasion to uh, to do that. Liz, what are your final thoughts?
3: Oh, if we're doing trilogies, that I'd like to do, it would be totally an old Republic one. Just don't touch Revan. And you do surprise it me for us. But um, yeah, no, I'd love one with the the um, the old old Republic facing off against the Sith Empire. Really? Cool I'd stuff never have on. guessed. Stop it! It's so <laughs> mean! It's so mean! I'm such a <laughs> delicate person, and you just mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's the best movie we could have expected. I could have expected. I I expected maybe a movie that when I discussed it and analyzed any part of it, I didn't accidentally poke holes in the whole blooming thing. Um, that said, I really enjoyed it. There were a lot of really cool moments. But yeah, I'm going to say we deserved a slightly better movie. Um, but yeah, no, uh, very, very, very cool. And whatever, Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> and,
1: Jeff, what about you?
4: You know, I went in wondering if I was going to feel any kind of closure because I think uh, some fanboy assertions, to the contrary, I think that the Star Wars franchise is still in pretty rude health. Um, the uh, The Mandalorian has been really strong. They, they can put out a movie whenever they want to. They've just got to figure out how not to oversaturate the market. But, you know, there's... There's going to be no shortage of Star Wars product from now until the end of time. So was I going to feel any closure after this one? And for all of my problems with the movie, in the end, yes, I felt closure. I felt like a story that had begun when I was a seven-year-old getting a stormtrooper and a TIE fighter and an R2-D2 under the tree. Um, That story did actually end i i came out of it still feeling that way so there will be more and more star wars stories but i felt like they did close the book on this one and i kind of
2: i'm kind of okay with that the one thought i had was we probably won't get another john williams score
1: we won't he's already said that he's not doing any more
3: John Williams. Oh, he's nearly
4: 90. Give the man a break. But you know what? And I can't believe that we really didn't get into it. But I'd say more than anything else, his music lifted this movie for me. Um, You could tell that. His music was not a part, except for the one Han Solo theme. His music was not a part of Solo, a Star Wars story, um, for a very good reason. His music is not a part of The Mandalorian, um, um, you know. Or, but there are emotional moments in The Rise of Skywalker that really depend on John Williams backing it. And he's not doing the same themes that he's always done. You know, this is new music that stirs the heartstrings. And I, I think he is, if you'll excuse the expression, he's the force multiplier that makes this <laughs> movie work.
1: There was a really good piece actually on I think it was in Variety earlier this week. Um where well, sorry, last week now, um, basically talking about his contribution to this film and to the franchise. And they made the really good point. Uh, there was one of the producers involved made the really good point that what he has done with Star Wars is unique and unprecedented. Nobody has ever done what John Williams has done for Star Wars in, you know, in terms of movie soundtracks and nobody ever will again. It's inconceivable that that will ever happen again. Um and he's such a part of the franchise. I mean, I think we did talk about him quite a lot in the Force Awakens episode, actually, because we were all very glad to have him doing the soundtrack again. But yes, what John Williams contributes to the Star Wars universe is immeasurable because that fanfare is just completely iconic and the motifs, the light motifs for the characters are known across generations and around the world. It's incredible. So, yeah, it's going to be really strange having... core star wars movies as it were without his music that's going to feel really weird i think (laughs) chip you talked about closure and now we have our very own closure because this concludes our probably final rebel panel here on the incomparable so my (gasps) thanks to james liz and chip for joining me to destroy the sith and thanks to all of you resistance fighters out there for listening happy new year and remember the force will be with you always
2: Wait, I never told you.